Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. Hey folks, Dutz here with a message for all the party people. The Whole Foodie Festival is on at Whole Foods Market through October 3rd, where you can save on hundreds of charcuterie classics like cheeses, crackers, meats, olives, and chocolates for that perfectly elevated snack board. Maybe you want to class it up even more. They got short ribs, caviar, and produce on sale too. This is the good stuff. Don't just put it on a plate, folks. These are Whole Foods top quality. You're going to want to bring out the slab. The wine's on sale, too, including the ones made with the good grapes, the organically grown ones, starting at just $6.99. Now's the time, folks. Through October 3rd, check out the Whole Foodie Festival at your local Whole Foods today. Jonathan Pierce. The man, the genius! Terry Alderton. Do you like shoes, madam? And friends. <laughs> <laughs> JP and T, the football friendly. Hello, everybody. Welcome, JP and T, the football friendly. Mr. Alderton, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, yeah, yeah. Easter weekend. Went to the mothers and what have you and uh, ate too much. Uh, too much chocolate and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, and then I watched the football. And of course, I know what we're going to talk about uh, right at the top of the show because we cannot. I hope I'm sick of it. Say it. VAR, VAR. Oh, uh, Brighton Chris, cheated. The whole thing. Chris Sutton was saying on the, he's been on the uh, on the podcast. Look it up. Go back and that's a good one to listen to. He was saying he felt sick to the stomach for Brighton because they were cheated out of it, and and that that's the common, that was the common theme. You know, the both goals. Looking at it again, it hit Matoma very very high, possibly shoulder. That should have been given. The, he the also got pushed in the back. He yeah, also got pushed goal. in the back. 
If you look at it from a different angle, McAllister it hits him on the flank. How can they be certain that's handball? Answer, they can't. And the two penalties. How the, the referee was stood... Forget about VAR. Forget about assistant referees. The referee had a five-yard clear view on both the penalty incidents and, and didn't give it. And, you know, they should. I think they should trust with their instincts more. And I've said this many times on the podcast, Terry, doing French football as I do. They give the referees more trust. The VAR doesn't... Uh, is done much quicker, and uh, they don't they don't go against the referee's original decision as often as they do in this country. We are the pariahs for VAR. We're the ones who are getting it wrong. Mm. You know, in in essence, it works ideally, but we're the ones who are getting it badly wrong, and it's impacting. What if Brighton miss out on the Europa League? I think Champions League was a bit fanciful, but uh, if they miss out on the Europa League. That could be massive for them, massive for them. Referees, referees have got to look at themselves. They've got to look at the system. It's wrong. Have you, you sat on the ground before and called it in your own head as when you're commentating and then got back home, watched it and gone, I was right? Um, yeah, I mean... the, the I, way it's, You've, it, looked, you've the actually way, looked at it back and gone, oh, fair enough. The way it's impacted commentators is you can't go through with your normal commentary. You know... Um, I think I was on the mic when our guest, and you'll introduce him in a minute because he used to be a neighbour of yours, romped the length of the field and scored a fantastic goal back in the day. You'll talk about that in a minute. And, you know, you go mad during the commentary when that happens. You can't now because, you know, you you give it all and then all of a sudden, oh, hang on a minute, I know why this is going to be ruled out. Uh, And, and, you know, and then I I saw when this was in France, actually, they've given a goal, they've ruled a goal out for offside in a minute against the... A player in the middle, all right, who wasn't in an offside position, but the player they've allowed the goal to be upon, but the player who played a massive role in the move was in an offside position. They've drawn the line to the wrong player, and this is happening too often as well. That was in France. That's happened in England though. That happened with Palace against Brighton recently. Yes, it you did. can't. You, you just Brighton can't again. And like you say, you, then you go home and having called a goal in the commentary, and you're thinking, I'm sure I'm right. You know, I'm sure I'm right. Um, and brackets we get a lot wrong oh here you are there's a referees association calling me now um <laughs> but uh, professional yeah. right but all right let's bring in uh so this uh, guest of mine is one of my dearest friends he uh sadly moved back to canada not for him just to get away from me uh uh he played for tottenham in this country he played for uh P- fulham in this country and he also won many honors in germany with i'm not going to say what did i say last time Weimar Bremen, didn't i Bremen. <laughs> it's like when he says to me, it's Tirana, Terry, not Toronto, Tirana. Uh, he's a very dear friend of mine, and any any Tottenham fan will remember that amazing goal. It's Paul Stolteri, out there in Canada. How you doing, Paul? I'm well, how are you guys? Very good. Good to have you on, mate. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. We're blinging and blanging here. Um, so, Paul, uh, VAR in um, in uh, Major League Soccer. Do you got have you got it over there? Yep, of course, definitely. And is yeah. it as annoying as we've just been speaking? Yeah, I mean it's tough. I mean the, they try more and more to emphasize that you know uh, it's only there to to correct uh, you know uh, a decision that's that the, the referees blatantly got wrong. So it's not you know by theory it's a good thing to have. Uh, when it's used properly, but it's there just like you said, just to correct a, a clear and obvious mistake from the referee that he hasn't seen or that he's seen and he's gotten wrong. It's not there to, 
ref the game. So I think if you put it in context and you do it in the right manner, it could benefit everybody. But um, even that, you know, they, you know, every week there's decisions that you think are wrong, there's decisions that you think they haven't gotten right as well, or they missed completely. So, yeah, it's a big debate over here as well, for sure. I wonder if like, you're absolutely right. You know, if the refs have ref the game and the VAR should pick up the mistake. And and I, I what is a really annoying? I'm going to bring up the the weekend because the pull on the shirt as well, Jonathan. I don't know if you saw this pull, but going back to the Brighton game again. You know, as a player, you know how annoying that is, and as a player, you might have done it yourself, Paul. But surely, if you're being pulled by the shirt in the box and the player goes over and we see it on the TV, then how is VAR not given a penalty? How does it work? I don't want to stick on this topic for too long, but answer the question. I mean, is a pulling the shirt on a player, pulling them back, a foul or he not? Had two, he had two hands on it. He had two hands on it's the It's a shirt. foul, right? So then, and then VAR, this is what's happening in the UK, well, in England, should I say. But the, it's all, not all, being all, given. I'd like to ask Paul this question as well. Universally, the handball law is the same around the world. I wonder how it's applied over, over there, though, because... When, um, I don't know if you've seen it, Paul. The, the shot comes in from the edge of the penalty area for, for Brighton over Albion. McAllister is turning his, his side. It, it hits him. One replay said it might have flicked him on the other hand. The other one says I, it hits him on the flank. I think, now, I think he does on the flank, yeah. Yeah. But he gives a... If a ball goes into the back of the net off your arm as a striker, that's a handball. If he was a defender in that situation, Correct. the ball is hit him low down on the arm in the penalty Correct. area. It's not a handball. Yeah. How can you have... I mean, Go ahead. Weird, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're gonna ask me to explain the handball rule, yeah, I got no chance either. So there's no <laughs> way, there's no way I know the rule. Never want to try to explain it to you guys. So um, it's as a, it's as confusing as it is over there. It, it is here as well. So we uh, we have the same debates, and we have no uh, you know it's a it's a struggle for not just the players, but the 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 coaches, the technical staff, and 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 the worst part, the fans as well, because it's a really hard one to. Uh, to determine it's a really hard one to explain and uh yeah we don't we we're just as confused over here as well but when, when you were here for those i think it was four years all in all wasn't it before you moved back to germany and borussia um and that was tottenham and fulham uh by the way everyone if you didn't know paul went to fulham for it well could, could you was the was the relationship with the referees it better in terms of the fact you could talk to them you could have a chat with him you could say can you explain um, it yeah, but of course we had no VAR when I played, but yeah. uh, you know, obviously it would have helped me in certain moments. Probably would have hurt me in certain moments. So, um, but yeah, we uh, it depended on the referee. It depended on who was doing the doing the match. Some refs you knew you could talk to. Some refs you knew um, they were they were next impossible to 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 just have any discussion with. So. Again, it just came down to the to the individual and how they managed the their their games and how they ref their matches and how you knew how much you knew them if you knew them a little bit how many times you'd you'd had a game with them that uh, and you got to know how how they were in managing the match so it all depended on yeah I think it still all depended on who managed the that's interesting so you you you'd go in maybe a little bit stronger with certain refs like on a challenge thinking that mm, he's not going to book me on things today. Uh, yeah, you knew who probably you can get away with. You knew what, you know, what you were, what was being tolerated early in the game. And you knew by history, you know, which refs you could, uh, um, talk to a little bit more, which ones you had to be really careful with and, and who didn't really put up with much. So you definitely knew who you, who was reffing games when you well, were going. To them. Well, that's the same as being a fan though. When you're sitting there, you go, Oh no, he's only reffing the game today. You know, that as a, as a, as a fan. So let alone be a player. 
you know. Um, so, c- can you explain something to me? Because I'm thick as two short planks, and you know that. Um, <laughs> how does the... I know it's east and west, isn't it? Like, uh, the same as all the other American top sports. What's the line, though? You know, like, if you get ninth, and then you drop under that line, if you look at the tables... Or the standards, as you call them. So this year, this year they ran, they did the playoffs a little bit uh, different. Last year it was the top eight in each conference mm-hmm. to make the playoffs. This year, uh, they're doing something similar to like uh, basketball when they have the play-in. You know the the NBA how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know you. I know you're an NBA fan. So the NBA, they're doing something similar where ninth will play eighth. So it's nine, uh, technically nine teams. Nine nine will play eight. Whoever wins that will go into the real top eight, and the playoffs will begin after after that this year. And what happens if you're uh, if you're not in that playoff? Is that the end of the season? It's finished. Yep. Wow. So how does the wage structure work then? Do you get how more does... money if you if, if the wage structure in your you know how you're getting paid to play? Yeah. So yeah, you just probably have bonuses, players with bonuses that uh, making playoffs and that whatnot. But then it's just salaried for the for the season. So twelve month salaries, just like uh, any. Uh, any major league. Oh, so you get paid your money even if you don't carry on then? Yeah, 12 months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and you, you, Which is different than, like, say, NHL. NHL will stop. You know, a lot of people don't know that either. And uh, the NHL, once the playoffs hit uh, next week, the NHL is paid only for the regular season. After that, the players aren't paid. Uh, obviously, oh, right. you know, obviously the money is... You know, what was that? You when can... you played in Germany as well, sorry, Jonathan. When you played in Germany, I'm all right in saying if you were, you were injured for more than ten weeks as well, that you get start getting paid in the Bundesliga, don't you? Six weeks for forty two days. Forty. So if days. you're injured, that's it. You're, you're not paying you any more money. Uh, the club is not entitled to pay you any more money. They don't have because no. when when Paul was over here, we discussed this, Jonathan, uh, as an idea. You know, like if there's a serious injury on a player and it's deemed to be uh, a deliberate injury that you, the player that's caused the injury, sits out for as long as the player that's injured. So, like, for example, Pickford would have sat out for as long. It's debatable when he injured uh, Van Dyke, but do you see what I'm saying, Jonathan? Yeah, I think it's very difficult to prove culpability and and whether or not it's a deliberate challenge or I don't think that'll ever come in here. Um, But the... the, um, I don't, well, I don't, it's like, not in Germany, though, either. That, no, I don't... There's still a situation, Paul, in Germany. They don't pay you if you're injured. Yeah, it's weird, weird isn't it? Well, no, it's just, it's just run by the... It, it's basically what the, the government... It's a rule... It's a, it's the law of the land, in a way. It's uh, So once you you can't do your own your job, whether that's football, whether that's going to the office, oh, whatever, right. whatever that is, it's the rule and, of, uh, so of the So do you take land. out insurance for that, then? Yeah, you have to take out insurance because if you're injured after 42 days, all you'd only... Um, the the club wouldn't pay you, so you've got to have your insurance that that kicks in after that. That uh, subsidizes either subsidizes your your salary, pays your entire salary, depends on how much you wanted to do and what you wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. And how how took you know developments of the game? How is the how uh, has it changed in the USA over recent years? You because you're back in Toronto where it started for you, didn't you? Once you came out of um, Clemson you were at weren't you in university and then you went yep. to the Toronto Lynx now right. it's a much bigger thing isn't it but in terms of infrastructure like we've just been talking there Germany you know rules and regulations care of players is it is it dramatically changed off the field yeah it, it definitely has and, it, and then it, it, it could change from organization and club to club but uh uh Fortunately, we're Toronto FC is is owned from uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, which is the Toronto Raptors and the Toronto Maple right, Leafs, right. the owners, um, and they do an amazing job with their 
with their teams, with their with their staff, with the players. They are they're one of the best organizations in in all of sport in in North America. So they're they really are top class. And they you know like I tell these guys before the the, the players and the club and the and the staff amongst the the club are treated just as good, if not better, than any club I've ever played for. And I was fortunate to play for some good clubs. But yeah, no, they've uh, the organization of the of the uh, of the players and the staff and the league is is pretty first class over in the MLS right now. It's uh, it's next, like I said, uh, as good, if not better, than anything I've ever I ever played with. Which uh, and like I said, I was fortunate enough to play with some pretty good clubs. Better Bremen being the first big chance you got. What was that like winning the league and cup double with them? And you also won the German League Cup, I think, which doesn't I don't think that exists anymore. But um, so you, you won everything you could win there domestically. You were only Paul. You were little more than a boy really when you went there from Canada mm. to Germany must have been a shock yeah when you go back it was uh it, not, it wasn't like it was today where a lot of players are going over earlier and earlier and uh it's quite common even for you know uh, especially with some of the the recent success of the national team here in Canada that you know a lot of players are going overseas more and more um when I had went there was no you know myself and my friend uh, a good friend of mine Kevin McKenna we were the first uh two Canadians to play in the league at the same game. We had uh, played against each other, uh, believe it or not. So, yeah, it was uh, it was um, definitely not uh, as common as it was. So that was a hard one to, to break when you went over there at first, um, trying to get that, you know, the recognition from everyone else and then, and then uh, you know, them believing in you and then getting them believing that you can get a chance. So it took, you know, took a little while to get in there and, and learn the trade and learn it properly. Um, and then you're dealing with a lot of other things uh, to go along with it off the pitch too. That's uh, that's sometimes not easy when you're heading there by yourself. But um, again, when you're in Germany and you're you're there, you know, once you're in, you know, you integrate into the country and to the people, they're they're really they're really good people. I have to say, they were really good to me. And, and I remember Paul Paul saying to me when he was living in the uh, in the UK, he first came here. And uh, it's it's much better now, of course, the way the postage and, and the packaging service work with shipping and what have you. But that was 2007, where the guy would say he'd be there at 10:30, and he might not even show. Right? And Paul used to say, "If you guys and the Germany could get together and meet each other in the middle with their rigidness," he, he said, uh, "You'd have yeah. a great country here." Oh, <laughs> uh, if you want to, if you want to define the German people, you just go into a post office there, and you'll see uh, how. <laughs> If you put a letter into the, their measure, they'll measure the letter, they'll measure the weight, they'll measure everything on it, and that'll tell you how rigid and uh, they do that how here exact now. they are as uh, as people. But they they have it down to an art. That's well, sure. maybe they did here because it's all like that now. It's all like that here. Um, tell me something. Uh, so Toronto is sitting. Uh, you're sitting just in the playoffs there, aren't you? And how many games will that be? To because you played seven, haven't you so far? Yeah, I played seven, but we're thirty-four game, thirty-four matches. Right. Okay. And do you, is it still a situation where you play each other twice, but you also play um, a t- one or two, or four, maybe I think it is teams from the other from the other conference. Yeah, this is the part where you know this is the only part where it's really it, it gets a little bit tough and tricky in in terms of that. It's it's yeah, home and away for everyone in the conference, and then uh, our conference because we uh, the league had added St. Louis into the into the league this year as the 29th team. Uh, so our conference now has 15 teams. So we'll play uh, uh, 28 games home and away, and then six more uh, matches with the with you know how they select the teams from the West 
Uh, I'm not too certain on how that works exactly, but we'll play another six games from uh, from the teams on the west side, um, and then uh, that'll that'll make up your 34 games. Do you uh, do you find that certain places are really, really, really popular with with, with soccer football, and other places you just go, well, they're really just not into it here. Yeah, I mean, we just came from Nashville on the weekend. I mean, what a uh, what an amazing city that is. I mean, uh, the they brought brand new stadium last season. The pitch is the pitch was as good as uh, one I'd ever probably played on. Uh, it was yeah, it was fantastic. The atmosphere was great. The stadium was sold out. Um, the fans are into the game, uh, and the city was uh, it's a really up and coming city. It's uh, the city was buzzing downtown in the. In, you know, out but you could uh you saw that the city had some some real life to it uh and they love football there too as well you know like i said the stadiums were was full and uh a lot of the a lot of the places the atmosphere in the stadium and the stadium itself is pretty full there's not there's not many places where you'll have anything other i mean the lowest crowds we've had this year has been all close to twenty thousand, and that's at our at our home venue but that's only because it's uh the games have been absolutely freezing. I mean, the, the we've been we've had some cold weather early on in Toronto, but once uh, once the warmer weather kicks around, we'll get you know I think we averaged about twenty eight thousand last year. So the crowds are the crowds are are quite good uh, now that, in most of the stadiums. That twenty thousand was against uh, Inter Miami, wasn't it? Which is a long way to go up to your place, especially at this time of year. Um, but you're above them in the table, and you know with with what they've got, the funds they've got. Um, I think you're three places above them at the moment. A couple of places above the, the the Red Bulls franchise in New York. That must be that must be pleasing for you, Paul. Yeah, I mean we've started the season. You know, I, I I'd say in the big picture, okay. I mean we haven't been uh, we haven't been great and we haven't been poor. Uh, we had the first match away from home uh, at DC against uh, uh, Wayne Rooney's club that he's coaching, and we were up. 2-1 late in the game, and they scored in the 90th and the 98th, uh, you know, eight minutes into stoppage time. They they got the winner, so we had lost that game, and then we went, you know, we basically won one uh, and drew five. So uh, had one or two of the, the draws that we've had been been wins, and we've had a couple of more points. We'd have a really good start to the season, but, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, fortunately, we haven't lost, uh, like I said, we have only lost once, but uh, we've only managed to win one, and uh, we've given up a lot of leads in, in games where we've had them. You know, we were a couple of weeks ago up 2-0 at Char- uh, at Char- against Charlotte at home, and we uh, it was a strange game, windy, windy game, so we had the wind against us in the, in the second half, and it uh, kind of changed, and we ended up drawing 2-2, so a um, couple of games where we've got to let it slip away um, and haven't gotten the maximum points, which we would have been uh, in that case pretty well in the table. But yeah, long season to go, and we'll uh, we've got a home match coming up on the weekend against uh, Atlanta, who have a really good team, some real good individual players as well in that place in that squad. So that'll be a tough one as well for us. When you think about it as well, sorry, just the traveling there, you know, you you think if you're going from Toronto down to Miami or vice versa, if you think that difference of that would be like going from, I don't know, uh, a place in Essex right up to Cumbria, you could do that and play the match and get back in one day. You'd be traveling on the plane for at least six hours, wouldn't you? Seven hours, maybe? Uh, It depends. I mean, we were in the the West Coast uh, in San Jose, the other... uh, Two, two or three matches ago, we were in the in San Jose, um, and you know, yeah, you're looking at a. It was a 
six hour flight to get, you know, it's a six hour flight to send to, to California. So that was a long one. Um, and then, you know, Nashville was a couple hours, uh, when we were there on the weekend. So yeah, we're, we're pretty much a flight to every place, uh, that you're traveling for when you're on the East coast, it's not as bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, down in Miami, you're still looking at about three hour flight to, to get to even just to Miami or something like that. But you but, can bus it to New York though, can't you? Or Chicago? Yeah, but that's still uh <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still a sleep. That's still uh way too long. No, we'll we'll fly we'll fly everywhere we go. It's uh, a, it, it's in, it's interesting, Paul, because back here, I don't know if you know it, but back here they're talking about um carbon footprints and stuff like that, and they're talking about Premier League teams now, instead of flying, say, from London to Newcastle or whatever, London to Liverpool, they're trying to encourage them now to train it, or which goes right back to the days, you know, 50s and 60s, or go by coach regularly because they're trying to stop that 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 uh, flying. That's quite an interesting development. It can't hit your league because it would be impossible to go from one to the other. Well, you're talking there about um, the game recently against Charlotte. I see um, M- Michael Bradley um, scored in that game, who's Bob's son, isn't he? And Michael had a little spell at Villa. Um, Aston Villa fans will remember him. And Bob was at Swansea. What's it like to work with Bob? Yeah, Bob's uh, for, for in, in North America. And, you know, he's got a lot of experience throughout the world in terms of coaching, uh, yeah, in the Premier League. Uh, had a couple of years in France, uh, was in uh, Norway, and then... Uh, Obviously, he's also not just the national coach of the of the U.S. team, but also in Egypt for for a couple of seasons, a couple of years as well. So, he's and then he's got a long, long time in 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 Major League Soccer here in MLS. So, Bob's you know an older guy with a lot of experience uh, throughout the game, and uh, interesting because you come into the league where you know I came into MLS uh, at the beginning of last season, um, and you just you learn a lot just in terms of his knowledge throughout the league. I mean, he's he's a uh, He's an encyclopedia when it comes to players and names and every single guy throughout the league. He'll probably tell you a bit on, on every single player. Very rarely have to, that he has to look up and, and think about a player um, throughout the league. So his knowledge and his, he's, you know, real intelligent guy, knows the game, studies the game, lives it, watches it, follows it. You know, he he's just, uh, uh, you know, work works a lot on it continuously every day thinks about it all the time and he's uh he's right into it even uh even in every training session uh he's in the middle of the pitch you know running a lot of the sessions and 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 being right into every single every single session every single day you know like i said he's the he's the first guy at the training ground and he's the he's usually the last guy at the training ground when it comes to uh his uh his work and how he uh and then his work ethic and everything about him so it's been great i mean he's been uh as like I said, a pleasure to work with. You learn a lot. You learn things every day. You learn things about the league, the players. And, uh, you know, he's got, like I said, he's got a good knowledge for the game, no doubt. He was, he was always quite intense. I met him, um, I interviewed him when he was US manager, head of World Cup 10 at the draw. And, of course, they, they draw in England, haven't they, um, in South Africa. And I remember interviewing him, and, and then when he came across to Swansea, thinking how a very intense he, he was. Is he? Is he the same nowadays? And also the fact that he, when he was being interviewed on screen, he looked so intense. I think people here built up a prejudicial view about him. I think and the accent want... doesn't help, does it? Yeah, unfortunately, I'll... I just think like, you can't help but say this. I'm going to say it. You go American accent. You know nothing about football, which is complete nonsense, of course. But that's 
what you you would get. I, mean, I, 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 I hate to say that, but that, that I think is where you're coming from, Jonathan. And then maybe... He's yeah, and it would take you probably, you know, if you've sat in our office for 15, 20 minutes today when we're going through the game uh, on the weekend and we're, we're, we're breaking it down, it'd take you less than 15 minutes to understand the, the, the knowledge that he's got and, hmm. and his, his ability to break down games and see fine details and little things that even coaches I played for usually would, would have missed and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's probably, that's definitely unfair for sure. But, of course it is. But, but when, yeah. what, what you're getting is when he comes on and goes, our defense was bad today, you know, and we're all sitting there going, defense? You know, yeah. that's just how it is. It's not, I'm not doing that. But there are people going, defense? You know, and it's a shame that he didn't get, get the, uh, the, the just deserves here, like you said, and the timing. But Jesse, Jesse, of course, on the other hand, did get a lot longer uh, on that. But Jonathan, sorry, you were saying it was very intense. I did butting there. I do apologize. Yeah, Bob's just got a, Bob's got a way about him. And, uh, you know, like I said, he's, uh, he is an intense guy when it comes to, you know, uh, you know, and he can come across that way, but he, he, when you do get to know him, he's a, he's one of the most genuine, you know, big hearted guys that you'll ever meet. He's a real family man. Mm. Um, he's got two, two daughters and obviously Michael, um, and he's got, uh, he's got grandkids and he's got a, he's got one of the biggest hearts you'll, you'll come across. And when it comes to, to, and an absolute gentleman. So, uh, and a guy who really cares, you know, he really, really cares about his team. He really cares about the players. Um, you don't just see that from, uh, when he's, when he's talking to the players, but you can just tell from, uh, you know, from the inside, he's got, uh, mm. he's got a real care for each and every, each and every player from a personal level to a family level. Let's talk about your relationship with English managers when we come back, because um, we've got to take a quick break, because let's go back to Tottenham days. Let's talk about the goal at West Ham. Oh, let's talk about Lasagna Gate as well at West Ham, or Pizza Gate, or whatever it was. Yeah, but, and uh, also let, let, English managers. I think you'll find Martin Yaw. He, yeah. he was not English. <laughs> anyway, go on. Yeah, let's take, take a break. Go on. Do that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Well, well, well. Shopping for a car? Yep. Carvana made financing a car as smooth as can be. Oh, yeah? I got pre-qualified instantly and had real terms personalized just for me. Hmm, Doesn't get much smoother than that. Well, I got to browse thousands of car options on Carvana, all within my budget. Doesn't get much smoother than that. It does. I actually wanted a car that seemed out of my range, but I was able to add a cosigner and found my dream car. It doesn't get much... Oh, it gets smoother. It's getting delivered tomorrow. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all, and therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. Hey folks, Dutz here with a message for all the party people. 
The Whole Foodie Festival is on at Whole Foods Market through October 3rd, where you can save on hundreds of charcuterie classics like cheeses, crackers, meats, olives, and chocolates for that perfectly elevated snack board. Maybe you want to class it up even more. They got short ribs, caviar, and produce on sale too. This is the good stuff. Don't just put it on a plate, folks. These are Whole Foods top quality. You're going to want to bring out the slab. The wine's on sale too, including the ones made with the good grapes, the organically grown ones, starting at just $6.99. Now's the time, folks. Through October 3rd, check out the Whole Foodie Festival at your local Whole Foods today. Welcome back to uh, JP and T, the football friendly. We're with Paul Stary, uh, Paul Stolteri, our guest today. Paul Stolteri. It's a cross Paul between. Staring. Yeah, he's a cross between Paul Simpson and John Terry. Paul Stolteri. Uh, oh, but he's yeah, over that's there. What you did. Yeah, I know. He's out there in Toronto, in he Canada. Is. There talking um, about the MLS. Oh, he M- is Major Soccer League MSL. Let's do, let's, let's do this second half again, shall we? Anyway, welcome back to JP and Tina Football Fan with Paul Stolteri, who's our guest today. Um, just before the break, we were talking about um, Tottenham English managers when, when you were over here in England. And, and Terry, you brought up a very good point that one of them wasn't English. Yes, Martin Yaw. Martin Yaw. He must have been great fan, mustn't he? Yeah, no, Martin was Martin was really fun. He was, uh, and again, a good, knowledgeable coach that uh, that was really good. He, uh, the players liked him. Uh, he had, uh, you know, his, his teams. He always wanted to play football, which was which was great. And uh, uh, like I said, the players loved him, and uh, I think the fans really took to him as well uh, during his time as well in uh, at Tottenham. Well, was... just, just, we, we always speak on here about, um, you know, about upstairs now, the people picking the players, not so much the managers in this day and age, over here anyway. I don't know what it's like over there with you guys. But uh, isn't it, the story in my head was uh, they asked you upstairs at Tottenham. Who was who was head of uh, sport and whatever it is at the time at Tottenham when you were there? Uh, yeah, Damien. And didn't he ask you about Berbatov? And you said, or, or said, that who should we look at in the German league? And you went, well, obviously Berbatov. Yeah, and in, in, in at time at the time we still had the sport director and and uh, call it, I guess Martin Yo, you can call him the head coach uh, at that time. So Tottenham still had sport director, director of football, whatever you want to call it nowadays. Um, then and uh, yeah, they he, he you know he'd asked uh, he was asking about some strikers in the Bundesliga and, uh, you know, Berbatov's name came up and obviously it was, uh, if you can get him, go get him right now, if you can, because uh, he was one of the best uh, uh, for a number of years uh, at Leverkusen in Germany. And he was, uh, he was a great one. So if, yeah, if we had a chance to get him, I told him, go get him right now. So. Yeah. Christian Slater. <laughs> He's a ringer for Christian Slater. I'll just throw that in. Go on, Jonathan. Pizzagate, you want to ask? I know. Well, before that, I want to tell you oh, about it. It's 26, 26. It was actually, I think, after Pizza, after uh, the Sanya game. I want to go back 26 years, first of all. Um, 26 years it was last month. And then on comes a substitute against West Ham United. And he charges forward and charges forward and scores the last last minute when it was four three. Couldn't have been twenty six years. It's no. twenty six years. No, no, no six. No, it's be. not. I, I added ten years to that. He's got sixteen me. years. Killing me here. <laughs> it's six, that, that, that's my maths for you. Paul's face going. 
Yeah, it's sixteen <laughs> yeah. years. It was March. It was March two thousand and seven. That's my bad. Yes, yeah, that's more like you it, kinda... Mr. Maths. Yeah, and, uh... or Mr. Math. <laughs> Only came and and what 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 are your memories of that day? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think at the end of it, it was uh, one of the you know games of the season. I think or match of the year with with uh, you know four three Sunday afternoon. I think it was a four o'clock. Fantastic, it was. Yeah, and it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, it came into the game. I can't remember it was 2-1 at the time or you know when we came in in the match so all the action really really got going in the last 30 30 minutes or so um and yeah I managed just to uh be on the end of a, a of a rebound off Jermaine shot and uh you know one of the easier ones you'll ever score so yeah hold on a second but you started the move in your own half that was you were in your own box when you started the move and then you sprint forward but the best bit about it is when you you just as you say just knocked in the the rebound and then you had dive into the crowd it's brilliant and i'm yeah, at home watching uh, that going and ring, right ring, ringing the, uh, chris next door paul's wife going did you watch it she go of course mm-hmm. i'm watching it yeah i'll tell you a story we had a match we had a match when i first got there we had a match against uh we had the north london derby and we were playing i must have been in, i don't know must have been on the saturday because i said terry you want to come to the match he goes what match i said well we're playing arsenal north london derby he goes no no I gotta go see. I gotta, see the shrimpers. I gotta go see the shrimp shrimpers play. I said, "Are you, are you serious?" Right now? I know he's like, "You want to come to the North London Derby?" I went, "No, I got it was South End Northampton or something." Yeah, <laughs> he goes, are you no, kidding me? He came, he came to the shrimpers though. He came and watched South End. He came. But he, he sat there, and then it, of course you forget because he's just pulled my neighbour. Then all of a sudden, everyone's coming over getting his autograph. Of course, I'm sitting him. there going, I wouldn't say everyone." <laughs> the, that, that that goal you scored against West Ham, you know, people forget that a minute before uh, Berbatov had um, scored, Jermaine Defoe scored from the penalty that day. You had Robbie Keane in in the side as well. I think he was top scorer for you that that year, Paul. But um, that that was a wonderful attacking Tottenham side, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it was a it was a good squad. It was uh it was a yeah, they we had assembled a pretty a real good attacking team. Uh defensively we were, were solid. Uh obviously with Lely at the back, you know, how how good he was when he played. Yeah, um, wow. But we had a yeah, no, the team was uh the team was pretty good. It was constructed pretty good. You look, you don't play you don't uh, for two three seasons there in a row finish uh, in the in the top five in in that league without having a real good team. So it was uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to play with some great players. Robbie came over in the MLS and uh, and played at the Galaxy, and that was really the last uh, real success the Galaxy had uh, during his time. And uh, you know what a player he was even in the MLS. He, he people still talk about how how good he was over here when he mm. played uh, at the Galaxy. So yeah, what a player he is. Uh, and let's go back to the year before then, because that was May two thousand and six, and that was that's Lasagna Gate. You go to West Ham United, twenty seven years ago, a place, a place. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, Paul, this is a on this is an on run, running gag. My maths. If I'm doing a commentary and it's six seventy six minutes into a game, right? I will say, and I've done it for what thirty years. I can't get it right. My maths is seventy six minutes gone. I'll say there's twenty four minutes left. Well, this 34 minutes now, because I cannot do my math. Anyway, but um, yeah, so here we are. May 2006, you go to West Ham. Champions League position is yours. It's yours. And then what happened? Everyone gets sick in the morning. You go to West Ham United. 
You lose the game. Uh, you still need Arsenal to, to to slip up. They were losing, weren't they, against Wigan? And in the end, I think Thierry Henry got a hat-trick and they go through. And they've been singing about Tottenham messing it up uh, ever since Arsenal fans have been gloating. What happened? What are your memories of that day? Um, yeah, we were... It was it was a tough one. I was... I was I was out. At, I'd injured my knee in the in the game right before, so I was out of that game. Um, so I wasn't at the hotel. There was about four or five of us out injured. I think uh, I think Genius was was might have been injured as well. I know Ledley was injured. Uh, Ledley was out of that game. Ledley, I think, it broke his metatarsal. Was that right before the World Cup? Right, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ledley had broke his metatarsal, so he was out of the game. There was uh, about five of us that were traveling to the game um, together and uh, meeting up with the team at the stadium. So we were not at the hotel, and then you get to the stadium, and then it's not like nowadays where, where news travels really as fast as it does now, where everyone would have found out really quickly what was going on. But yeah, a lot of guys sick. Robbie was sick. Uh, Michael Dawson was sick. Uh, there was a bunch of them that were struggling in the game, and you know, Unfortunately, we had a bunch injured as well, so that didn't help, and uh, we were pretty thin, and, yeah, we struggled. Uh, obviously, we struggled. We were in tough. They were playing like it was uh, – they were playing like they were battling either for a championship or, or to stay up in the league, which they weren't. But uh, that's that's that was typical of West Ham. Um, and then we knew that uh, – we knew that Arsenal weren't going to slip up uh, in their game, so we knew we had to win. And, uh, unfortunately, we just didn't have enough, enough on the day, and uh, – which was terrible because we were, when you were in the top uh, when you were in the top four all season and you in the last literally in the last game you you get uh, you get done like that it's a, it's a hard one to take um, because like I said we were we were top four for the entire season so it was a hard one to swallow. And you follow have you followed Spurs keenly since then because they've had so many oh goodness me haphazard things have happened to them you know challenging. And then fade in Champions League final and, and not winning and you know this phrase Spursy has uh, materialised yeah. over the last few years. You, you follow Spursy. them? Yeah, no, I follow you know Tottenham as much as I'll follow the other clubs that I played for, but uh, for sure I'll um, I've got an eye on them and and what's going on. Um, yeah, not the entire thing hasn't been. It's there's been some success. I mean, when you can get to a Champions League final. Yeah. Or you can consistently for, you know, four or five seasons in a row play in the Champions League. Um, those are successes. I mean, you have to say maybe the championships are winning. Championships are one thing and, uh, and winning silverware and, uh, or, and, and cups are one thing. But when you can consistently be in the top four of, of, of the premiership, which is, you know, still to, still to today, you know, without a doubt in, in Europe, the toughest league to, to play in. Um, you know, you, they're doing something right. And, uh, you know, it hasn't been all, all bad, but, uh, yeah. Tell uh, me this, Paul. Why, why, is it, um, why is it a tough league? You know, it's always said that the Premier League is a tough league. Even the managers who come into it, you know, at first go, I didn't quite realise the truth of this league. You coming from Germany, what is the toughness of it? Is it the old cliche of going to, what is it they say, go to Stoke on a, on a cold Tuesday or whatever it is? What, what is the toughness of it? Yeah, I think it's maybe toughness. Probably the better better word is competitiveness. Uh, How competitive the league is, where you've got you know so many players, so many teams that could uh, you know that every game is a battle. uh, No matter where you're playing, when you're playing, you very rarely have of of games that are really easy. 
that you can stroll out and, and win three or four nil and, and come away with three points. I mean, it, it does happen, but, uh, you know, not, uh, it's, yeah, it's a league that from top to bottom is, is really difficult. It's tough to stay, you know, it's tough to win the league, obviously, like any other league. And, you know, getting into Champions League consistently is really difficult. Um, and then, of course, staying in the league is uh, is a battle amongst itself, which mm. is uh, which is just uh, if you see it even this year, that one's going to be exciting, and it's going to go down to the end because the number of teams battling there is going to be real, uh, real great to see. Yeah, even Chelsea are only nine points, I think, out of it, something like that, nine to twelve. Yeah, it's, it's uh, how they talk about Tottenham falling. How the how Chelsea have this season has been incredible as well. I want to talk about an incredible game, uh, boys, Paul played in. It wasn't at Tottenham. He went to Fulham f- um, for a loan period. Um, and match of the day put me on a lot of Fulham games towards the end of that season because they're dead, right? They're, they're you, finished. You're going to talk about the Man City one, I hope. Is that the one? No, I'm talking about Portsmouth, oh. the last day of the season. Because I'd, right. I'd, I'd done, I'd done they, they, I think I did Red in a way. He won that Roy, one too. Roy Hodgson is manager, by the way, at this point. Yeah, right? and and they and then yep. they got beaten. Uh, then they got beaten at home by Liverpool, and that, then everyone said, no, 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 no. They've actually got to win the last three games. Manchester City away three two. That's what Paul's referring to there. Yeah. Birmingham two 0 at home, and then they go to Portsmouth. And Danny Murphy, if Paul, am I remembering this right? Does Danny Murphy score with a header? Cross from a uh, free kick from uh, Jimmy Bullard. Yeah. Header from Danny Murphy. Correct. A header from Danny Murphy. Yeah. It's I mean, astonishing. I mean, it, it, with, like you said, with three games to go, we had two away. Um, and I'm pretty sure we hadn't won away from home. And I think Fulham hadn't won away from home in about two and a half seasons. If I couldn't believe that stat when I'd gone there. I mean, uh, I definitely hadn't had never happened in my in my career we hadn't won away from home in in that long a time but i think Fulham hadn't won away from home in two and a half years and we had um the two games that you said away from home and then the one at home um and then we're at man city and we're down two nothing at halftime and the season we were down two nil at half and it was uh uh, the season was pretty much over at that point, and we we actually go out in the second half and we we score three goals and we beat them three two. Um, but yeah, so that that turnaround was a uh, you had some really good odds with three games to go uh, for us to stay up at that point, and uh, we managed to maximize our points and and do that and stay up. And uh, yeah, you're spot on, Jonathan. It was a a Danny Murphy header off a Jimmy Bullard uh, free kick, wide free kick. And 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 Roy, when you think about it, he's criticized for being nowadays of being a, a too defensive as a coach. He went to that Portsmouth game, Terry, with, with this, he, he had Jimmy Bullard. All right, you could say Jimmy Bullard was a defensive midfield, but not really. Danny Murphy, you could say the same, but not really. Simon Davis was in that team. He had Diamante Kamara, uh, who I think scored at Manchester City. And, and then, did. of course, he had Cl- um, the, the American, Clint Dempsey and Brian McBride. So this is an atta- really attacking mm. side. Wasn't he? he was very attacking in that, in that period to stay up, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I liked Roy a lot. I mean, uh, you know, when I got there, he was, uh, if you want to talk about a gentleman, he was a real, he was one of them, you know, what a real gentleman he, he was to play for and, and, and is. I mean, he's, uh, and like you said, he's still going at, uh, which is great to see what an amazing result they had on the weekend. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, you know, he, he, his teams were organized. There was no doubt. We, we knew how we wanted to play, what kind of system we were playing. Um, he was an organized manager in terms of how he set us up to play 
um, but not one that would say we're packing it in and we're playing only defensive. He wanted to play football. He wanted to get forward. And he wanted to uh, to obviously like any other uh, manager score goals. But he was, uh, you know, he was great to play for. I have to say, who was uh, who was Roy's? Um, who do we have on the podcast, Jonathan Roy's? Ray Lewington. Ray Lewington. Yeah, right. I said to Ray, I said um, when when we had Ray on, who was brilliant, by the way. I said uh, when Paul was with you, he came home one day and he said to me. Geez, Terry, I thought you were a geezer. <laughs> this guy that's working with Roy Hudson, he's a proper geezer. <laughs> I thought you were a geezer. Because I, I, now we spoke to him, and I, he's a lovely fella, isn't he? But he's a, he's a proper geezer, isn't he? He's a proper geezer. Oh, geezer. no, he's a nice guy too, though. Yeah, he's a lovely fella, yeah. Guy. He was brilliant on here. And I forgot who his son was after until the end as well. He play, yeah, he's still playing. Um, he's still playing, 900,000 games. <laughs> he's a... He's a um, He's a um, he's a bloody Milton Keynes, isn't he? Dean. Yeah, um, MK Dons. Yeah. Um, so we, we we're coming towards the end. So we we started talking about um, Toronto FC, um, and now I look at, I look at one of the players you've got here. who's <laughs> an unbelievable goal scorer in his day, Lorenzo Insigne. Scored over, I think it's 122 goals for Napoli, something like that. What is he not been playing, Paul? Because he's only got one goal. Uh, he's only played one game this season. Is 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 he injured? Yeah, we dropped. Nah, been dropped. Phil, <laughs> nah, world first. Nah, he's no, dropped. I'm joking. No, nah, he's, he's a big. Uh, he's a huge player for us. Uh, he was a big, uh, a real big signing last season. Uh, obviously, you know, in Toronto, if you know Toronto, it's got a it's got a big uh, Italian base here. Uh, a lot of Italian, you know, the excitement amongst the the people and the fans and the and in the stadium last season, when he were, when we had signed him, he had, they had signed him early in the year uh, when he was on a free. His contract was uh, expiring at Napoli, so he was on a free, and they got him to uh, to come over. So he was, uh, you know, he's been great for us. But uh, you know, last season when he came in, uh, he scored I think six goals in the in the games that he played. So he did really well. He just uh, unfortunately in the first match against uh, away to DC United. Uh, he had injured his. Uh, he had injured himself after 30 minutes or so, and he's been uh, he's been unfortunately out since then. So hopefully he's uh, he's back and we can get him firing again and 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 help us uh, win matches and score goals and 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 set up goals because he's a, he's going to be a real important player for us. But yeah, as you said, he's been missing. Uh, unfortunately, he's been out for uh, since the opener, uh, and he got subbed early in that one after about 30 minutes or so. You've got some good players. Osorio's there, isn't he, for you? He's a big Canadian international, played in the World Cup. And it, 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 Canadian football seems to be on the up at the moment, Paul. Mm. Yeah, yeah Jonathan's, a, Jonathan's another key player for us. He's uh, he's done really well. Uh, if you follow his career and you see what he's done, he's been at Toronto FC since he started as a, as a younger player. Um, you know, he's got, the I think, the record number of appearances for the club, over 300 or so. But he's he's a player that can score goals from midfield. Um, you know, he adds. Uh, he usually gets about eight or ten a season. So he's uh, he's a key one for us. Um, that would be- yeah, the Canadian football it's going, and me. You know, it's if you see the team didn't have uh, huge success in terms of wins at the World Cup, but uh, they had some moments of good football. Moments of uh, where you can see where you know that the team. You know, when they went through qualifying, they were the they were top of the table in the qualifying against, uh, you know, obviously with the U.S. and Mexico to be to top them is is a feat in its own. So, yeah, no, a lot of good players and uh, the team's coming through and playing some real good football. You're hosting it next time, aren't you, you guys? 
Yeah, 26. Uh, some games will be at uh, Toronto FC's home ground here in Toronto. Uh, there'll be a number of games there and out in uh, in Vancouver. So it's a split. Uh, I think Canada's got a number of games. Uh, obviously, the the U.S. have the majority of the games, and Mexico has about the same amount as uh, as what we will have. Would you but, like yeah. to be a part of the setup with the Canadian uh, team, Paul? Would you like to uh, No, no, that, that's not in my mind right now. I worked for the Federation when I stopped playing. When I came back here, I was with the Federation for about, you know, uh, I don't know, seven years or so. Uh, starting my coaching time there, um, working in different various teams, whether it was the U15, 17s, 20s, Olympic team. And then even uh, uh, I was uh, the assistant with the, with, the, with the men's team, the first team, the senior team, and uh, when, I, when I finished there. So... No, I had a good experience there, but not uh, that's not on my mind at the moment. Uh, you enjoying the coaching? Yeah, definitely. I've been, uh, like I said, fortunate uh, that you know I had a couple of seasons in the in the Canadian Premier League, which is uh, the new league that we had started here. Uh, that's going into the fifth season, um, and wish them luck as well because they're they're entering their fifth year already. Uh, and that's just a Canadian league with with eight clubs right now, and uh, you know that's that's been going pretty good. Um, and I coached there for a couple of seasons after that, so no, it's been going really good. And it's I've been fortunate; I hadn't had the move, and I've been able to live in the same place here in Toronto. Um, and then obviously, uh, you know, a year and a half ago or so, I had the opportunity to uh, uh, to join Toronto FC, which was you know another. Uh, you know, a different league and a different direction, which we, and it, that's been great as well. And I've been, uh, that's right around the corner from me too. So I've, that, that's helped as well, not having to, uh, to travel or move and, and, and uproot the family anymore. So that was been uh, a real bonus for me. Is it as enjoyable hmm, as living next to Terry Alderton? <laughs> 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 uh, well, not no, anymore. not even, not even close. Uh, oh, at least, oh. uh, you know, our neighbors here are. Uh, I've got some great neighbors too, but uh, no one beats Terry. That's right. Hey, we, we drunk some coffee, man. We drunk some coffee. Terry, you coming in for coffee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the major Sorry. difference, is, Terry. The major difference is his neighbors now are sane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. It's been it's been a real pleasure, mate, having you on. It's I haven't seen your face for so long. We we keep in touch, of course, but. I haven't seen his, his lovely face for such a long time. So it's great to see you. And thanks for coming on the podcast, mate. No, yeah, anytime, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. And we'll, and we'll, we'll get you on again, if that's all right, and, uh, and get, catch up later in the, in yeah, the season. Yeah, that'd be good. I, I could have been, my final point, I could have been Canadian, you know. Oh, granddad, no, second. Yeah, yeah, my granddad, my granddad, after the First World War, he had to leave this country. A little bit of an argument between <laughs> him and the rest of the army. Anyway, so he went to the United <laughs> States of America, right, pitched up there, and they came across an early clan, uh, hanging, and uh, he stopped it with his mates, and someone got shot, and uh, so he had to skip that. And he, he was bounced from state to state, and he ended up in Canada, and uh, he was tin miner, and uh, so he worked in the mines there, and um, he got my gran out, and they got married in Canada, and because there was a law at the time, it doesn't exist anymore, I don't think, if they were married in Canada for the next generation and the one below, which was me, you, you were entitled to Canadian citizenship. So I could have been Canadian, you know. I could have been Canadian. Wow. I'd have been out there. I'd have been out there somewhere. Was Grizzly Adams Canadian or American? I don't know. He lived in the wilderness with a big beard. <laughs> I could have been Grizzly Adams. <laughs> you could have been. You could have been. Jonathan, you could have been doing the MLS games, man. Yeah. He could have been doing that. He could have. He could have been Don Cherry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he still alive, Don? Is he? 
Don is still alive, but he's not. Uh, he had he's, some issues on his show. And, he's, uh, he's not woke, is he? <laughs> he had. Uh, he's not doing his uh, his famous hockey night in Canada that he. I bet he's not. Uh, he's he's completely not fashionable. Not anymore. Oh, he's. Uh, uh, he's been, Don Don's getting up there, but he's still alive. For sure. Good, good, Don. Good, Don Cherry. Well, mate, it's been fantastic. Thanks for coming on. Uh, don't forget, everyone, you get us on Twitter. I think we're up to uh, a massive uh, 140. <laughs> yeah, we're huge. We're huge in Twitter land. This, this is doing well, though. This, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not we're not too good on the Twitter, but you can get us on there anyway. We're at uh, JPNT Football. And, of course, thanks for listening. Uh, this is growing beautifully. And, uh, and uh, hello and goodbye, our American and Canadian listeners for today. Thanks, Paul, for coming on. Thanks, Paul. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.